be back in church today. Let me hear you say amen. 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 Well, you sound like you mean that, and it is mighty good to be back, isn't it? I've just missed seeing you all face to face. It gets a little bit old preaching to a video camera. It's, it's good to see live people in front of you. Uh, there was an advantage to the video camera, though, in at least one way, or maybe I think so. And, you know, Linda started her song over. I had one sermon I was preaching by video that was going so bad, I just cut it off and I started it over. But sometimes uh, struggling a little bit with uh, technology and having a lot on my mind, when I deleted that video, I forgot to push record uh, when I started recording again. I went through the whole sermon, went back to my computer and found out I had nothing there. And so uh, I went back and, and got that one again. So uh, anyway, you don't have to worry about that in public. Um, of course, I will admit there are a few times I get into a sermon and it's not going the way I want it to. And I wish I could hit a rewind and start all over again. But uh, the good thing is preaching this once today, I've already gotten even more familiar with the sermon. So uh, hopefully it'll all go well. Well, during uh, th these are some exciting times, aren't they? I mean, they're exciting times to uh, be back in church, uh, an exciting time in the life of Starnes Cove as you pray for and anticipate the uh, trial sermon of uh, the future pastor of this church. So much is going on to be thankful to the Lord for. And yet there's so much going on in the church and in our world I mean, you look at the events of the past two weeks, you look at the uh, COVID-19 that's been going on for three, four months now, and all the health issues, all the economic issues, all the turmoil and strife and tension uh, in our nation. If there's ever been a time when we need to pray, now's the time, isn't it? If we ever needed to be people of prayer, we certainly need to be right now. And so with that in mind, I want to bring a message that I've entitled, How to Revolutionize Your Prayer Life. And we're going to look at uh, two different passages of Scripture, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, and Isaiah 31, verse 1. And then I want to just briefly move through three aspects of prayer that I believe can revolutionize the way that we pray. Now, I know that you've not been able to stand up while we've been singing and things like that, so let me ask you to stand, if you're physically able to do so, stand with me now for the reading of the Scripture, okay? That'll give you a little bit of a break. I teach the uh, preaching students there at Fruitland Baptist Bible College that the mind can only absorb what the seat is able to endure. So you've been seated for a few minutes without standing, so we'll let you stand here during the reading of the Scripture. Well, one of my favorite verses of Scripture regarding prayer is the invitation to pray that the Lord gives us in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. And there the Lord says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That's a great invitation, isn't it? God just opening up the door and, and telling us that we can call upon Him for everything we need. 
And then in the book of Isaiah, chapter 31 and verse 1, here's what happens when we don't do that. When we pray, we trust in God. When we fail to pray and trust in God, the alternative to that is we trust in ourselves. We trust in the world around us, and God warns us against that. In Isaiah 31, verse 1, he says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Now in the Bible, Egypt not only represents a country, but it also represents uh, something of the world. It stands for the world. And so he says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt or to the world for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because there are many and in horsemen because they're very strong, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. May God bless the reading of His Word and the preaching of it today. You can be seated. Thank you. Learning how to pray and value in prayer and developing a personal prayer life is, is, is one of the most important tasks that we have in the Christian life. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And it's interesting that the disciples, after watching Jesus for some three, three and a half years of ministry, they saw his miracles, they heard his sermons, his teachings, they saw his encounters with people, uh, the, those who were healed, uh, those whose lives were changed, all these things they observed from Jesus. And at the end of that time, they only asked him to teach them one thing. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I believe the disciples realized that the dynamic to everything else in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was indeed his own relationship with the Father and his prayer life. Lisa and I, through our years, have uh, tried to teach our children and now our grandchildren uh, how to pray. Lisa was here in the first service today and is not in this one because of uh, limiting some exposure and so forth. But we taught our children when they were young to pray. And I'll just share with you a little humorous experience that happened when our son Michael was three years old. Now, Michael is a pastor in Waynesville, uh, not far from us here today. Uh, he's in the pulpit preaching as I'm in the pulpit preaching now. But when he was three years old and he was learning how to pray, uh, there was something kind of funny that happened at our house. You see, Michael had got into, a, he's always been a little bit of an aggravator. He likes to pick, he likes to tease. Uh, Shannon, he likes to push those buttons too, you know. And especially as a kid, he loved to do that. And so one of the things he would do to me, he got into this habit of whenever I would have something to drink in a cup or in a glass, he would see me put the glass down and get focused on something else. He'd come along and he would drink whatever it was I was drinking. And I would come back to it and it would be an empty glass sitting there. And he'd be standing there somewhere laughing because he drank my drink. Well, we, we went through that for a, a good while. And one day he came up and I knew he was going to grab my drink. And I said, Michael, uh, you can't drink my drink today. And here's why. I've got a sore throat. I think I'm getting the cold and you don't need to drink after me today. He said, well, Daddy, 
I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you right now. And he did. He bowed his little head and he prayed. He said, Dear Lord, help Daddy to get to feeling better so I can drink his drink. That's what he prayed. (laughs) Now, he had a selfish motive in mind. And sometimes we have a selfish motive in mind too when we pray. But when we learn to pray as the Lord has taught us how, we'll pray in the will of God as much as possible. And all three members of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three of them get involved in different aspects of our praying. So I want us to see three great truths about prayer that I believe will revolutionize your prayer life. And we'll move through these pretty quickly this morning, so follow along. First of all, think about the force of prayer. The force of prayer. When we pray, we pray to our powerful Heavenly Father. Now in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 2, uh, verse 27, uh, the Lord says, Am I not the Lord God Almighty? Is there anything too hard for me? And there's nothing that you can ask. That is too hard for God. And because of that, we need to realize some very important things about prayer. Number one, prayer is God's way to bless Christians. James says in his epistle that we have not because we ask not. There are blessings that we could have, that we could enjoy, if we only prayed more and asked for those things. Secondly, Prayer is God's way for Christians to have joy. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and in verse number 24, He says, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. A joy-filled Christian is a good advertisement for Jesus as Lord and Savior. And He wants us to live lives that are full of joy. And joy and prayer are directly related to one another. And then also, prayer is God's cure for worry and anxiety. Most of us have some problems with that from time to time, don't we? Especially in times like we've been living in recently. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, the scripture says, Cast all of your cares upon the Lord, because He cares for you. And then in the book of Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4, we're told in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, And the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then also number four, another reason we should pray is prayer is God's way of helping to bring the lost to salvation. When Jesus gave the Great Commission to His followers, right after that He said, But tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so for ten days, the disciples gathered and they prayed. And after that period of time, God sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And Peter stood up, preached a sermon that's recorded in Acts chapter 2. It would have taken about ten minutes to preach that sermon. And three thousand people were saved as a result. On that day, people were saved not just because of 
Peter's preaching, but because of all the praying that had gone on prior to that and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so this is the force of prayer. And the Heavenly Father is involved in that as we pray to Him. But then secondly, we see the course of prayer. The course of prayer. We pray to the Father in the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in John chapter 16 and verse 23, Jesus said uh, this. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. We're to pray in Jesus' name. We're to ask in His name. We're to realize that the only reason that we can come into the presence of the Holy of Holies to our Heavenly Father is because of the relationship that we have with His Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God grants us access because of that. Let me give you a little illustration of how something might, like that might work on a human level, but much more, of course, on a divine level. But on a human level, at least. I used my uh, son Michael as an illustration. I'll use my youngest son Matthew as an illustration at this point. When our kids were small, and we were in Greensboro pastoring a church there, uh, we had a ladies' softball team. Lisa played on the softball team, and she was really a good uh, softball player, and uh, she still has a few scars to prove what a good softball player that she was. I mean, she did good. But we had three small children, and so when she played softball, I had to take care of the kids. We would always go to the games. They had a concession stand, and so I would take our change bowl where we collected our, small, or our spare change, and I would put a bunch of quarters in my pocket. Because the church operated the concession stand and, and they, they had all kind of little things. Kids could buy candies and different things that only was a quarter apiece. So I filled my pockets up with quarters and my kids would come one after another to get quarters. And uh, that was a way of kind of keeping them preoccupied and wiring them up full of sugar. So when they got home that they would, be, they would behave and go to bed like they're supposed to. That's, that's a joke, of course, but it uh, doesn't work that way when they're full of sugar. But on one of those occasions, my son Matthew came up to me, and he'd already asked me for a bunch of different quarters. And so here he is, he's back again, but he's got another little boy with him that I'd never seen before. And he comes up to me and he says, Dad, this is my friend Randy. And I told Randy that if I would come to you and ask you to give him a quarter, that you would. And you know what I did? I reached into my pocket, and to a boy I didn't know, I gave him a quarter. Sure, it was only a quarter. I would have given him a quarter anyway. But you know, one of the things that motivated me is that it was the fact that my son was asking. And he had confidence in me as a father that if he would ask me to, I would do something for this other person over here. Well, Jesus Christ is interceding for us at the right hand of God the Father. And when we pray to the Father in the name of the Son, Jesus is ready to intervene and move in a powerful way. You see, we pray as His child. We pray as a child of God. We're in that relationship. But also because of that, we pray with authority. There's no other name under heaven 
given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Philippians says that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And so we're praying with authority when we pray in the name of Jesus. So there's the force of prayer. We pray to the Father, our all-powerful Heavenly Father. And then there's the, there is the course of prayer. We pray through the Son unto the Father, through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then the Holy Spirit also is involved. And He's involved with, as the source of prayer. He's the one who prompts us to pray. He's the one who moves in our hearts as we pray. Now, here's how the Holy Spirit is involved in this. In fact, let me just give you two scriptures that refer to, uh, directly to the Holy Spirit and prayer being tied together. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Okay? Praying in the Spirit. He says, and then in the book of Jude, Jude is only one chapter, but in verse 20, he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So how do you pray in the Holy Spirit? How is it that the Holy Spirit gets involved in our praying? Well, there's a third passage we need to look at to consider that. And that is Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Listen carefully to this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, we have some weaknesses in our humanity that cause us to have a difficult time sometimes with praying. And let me mention just a few of those. And the Holy Spirit works to help us overcome those. One of those weaknesses is indifference. Sometimes we come before the Lord and, and, and we may not feel like praying. Our mind may wander. We may get distracted. Uh, the flesh may want to do something different than pray. There's indifference. And the Holy Spirit helps us overcome that weakness. But then also there are times when we may be ignorant as to what we should pray for. There may be things that we should be praying about that we're not praying about. And we have to trust the Holy Spirit to bring those to mind. There are certain situations that we get in. We don't know how to pray. For example, if you've got a loved one who is on their deathbed, do you pray for God to heal them at that moment? Or do you pray that God will take that person home to heaven because they already know the Lord? When do you pray for healing? When do you pray that God would take them? The Holy Spirit will help you to know when and how to do that. And then sometimes there's inability in our praying. There's inability. Sometimes we have trouble concentrating. Your mind begins to wonder. 
Have you noticed that when you pray, that if there's anything that should be on your to-do list, that automatically it just pops right up? And, uh, and here are all these things that are distracting you that you're thinking about that you need to do through the rest of the day. That's one of the reasons why I try to use a prayer list when I pray to help me with that. But sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the way the disciples were praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then sometimes there's interference that happens when we're praying. Satan can try to interfere. He can try to get in the way and produce a barrier. And then other times there's inexpressibility. Sometimes you may be hurting so deeply. Sometimes you may be bearing a load that is so heavy that you just don't quite know how to express it in words before the Lord. I heard about a church that was praying for revival and longing for revival. And as they did that, uh, they met for a series of services and nothing was happening. And one night the pastor called on an elderly gentleman in the church who was really known as a man who was a great prayer warrior. And he called on this man to pray. And the man's heart was so heavy that he just prayed and all he could get out was two words. Oh God. And he broke down and he tried to say more and he couldn't. And, and he just said again, oh God. And his heart was so heavy he couldn't pray anything beyond that. And, and again he said, oh God. And as that man prayed, it was as though the Holy Spirit was taking that which was inexpressible on his heart and was bringing it up unto the Heavenly Father. And out of that experience, God broke through and revival broke out in that particular congregation. What is it this morning in your life that you need God to do? What are the things that would prompt you to pray this morning? There have been several of those kinds of things that have been mentioned either in announcements or in the forms of prayer requests here before us today. And so what I want us to do right now together as a time of invitation. I want us to just bow our heads together right now in prayer. And anything that God prompts you to pray for while I lead us in this prayer, voice that unto the Lord in your own heart unto God. Make this time a time to just come before the altar of God. Make the very place where you sit this morning be an altar before the Lord where that you pray unto Him about these things. So join me as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning for the privilege of prayer. We're glad that we can pray to you, our all-powerful Heavenly Father, that we can do so in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, your Son, and that the Holy Spirit works in our praying to help make intercession through groanings that sometimes cannot even be put into words. Father, this morning we pray for our nation. We pray for our community. We pray, Father, for the time of unrest that we're in. We see injustice that needs to be made right. We see hurting people who need to be healed. 
Some, Father, who are in this congregation have lost loved ones in recent weeks. We pray you'll bind up their hearts and broken, uh, their broken hearts in your love. We pray, Father, that you would help all of us as we seek you for wisdom and guidance and direction in, in personal life, in family life, and in church life as big decisions will be made in the next few weeks here at Starnes Cove. I pray, God, that you would just give guidance and direction every step of the way. And Father, there may be people here this morning who are going through times of their life where they may be struggling, they may be walking a difficult road right now. They may even have a hard time putting those things into words. But God, I pray that you will hear the cries of our hearts and that you will answer them today. I pray that you will lift burdens. I pray that you will restore great joy into our lives and give us a peace from you that passes all human understanding. For these things we do pray in the name of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Brother Shannon, come and share with us. Just a couple of quick notes again as we head out. And just remember, too, even though we're not having our normal invitation time or being able to greet as we leave, remember, we're available. Dr. Horton's available. William's available. You know, reach out if there's anything you need. And again, if you got any questions, concerns, or see anything, too, let us know, all right? Uh, just a quick reminder, look at your arrows again on the wall, okay? That's the way we're asking you to leave, either front or back. And we do have offering plates up here, and there's also one in the back. You're welcome to drop that in uh, on your way out. But, again, it's great seeing everybody. We love you guys. And until we meet again, we'll see you later. Have a good week.